Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Sam Powell, and uh, it's an honor for me to be able to share with you uh, again today. I feel like this week's message in some ways is even more challenging because we've got to figure out how we can help one another to move forward in the in the midst of all that's going on in our nation today. And what I've been praying about and thinking about is and asking God to, to help me with is how do I help the church to move forward? How do I help the church to to overcome and uh, as we try to think about uh, the healing that, that needs to take place both in our own hearts and in our nation. Now, I had a message already prepared. I mean, I felt like I had a great outline. I had great points. Uh, I was ready uh, to, to, to do it. And then I turned on CNN. Matter of fact, I, I mean, I had it on the radio. And then I began to hear about other things that were surfacing in our nation. And I just thought, well, that message is not going to work. And so I, I began to, to ask myself, well, then, Sam, what do we do? What do we do as spiritual leaders uh, to help the church uh, to, to move forward? And, and first of all, I, I just want to say uh, my heart goes out to the families who uh, have lost loved ones due to uh, any kind of brutality or, or injustice in, in our country. My heart goes out to the police officers and the government officials who have noble hearts and truly want to make a difference and bring about change. I really feel for our disciples, our brothers and sisters who are grieving through all of this and trying to, to, to find a way to, to get through it and uh, to, to have some kind of peace in their souls. Uh, and, and, I, and I pray for all these things. And I feel that we have to understand that we live in a fallen world. We live in a dark world. That Satan is alive and well. And, and so what, what can I do to help? And so I just want to start off by saying this. We can fight. We can fight back. We, we can engage in the battle. We don't have to sit passively doing nothing. And so I want to give us some direction with that today. Because we are in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. We're, we're in the, the greatest battle of all, all time. And that's the battle for the souls of men. And, and, and Satan's object, objective is to hurt anything God loves. And what God loves most is his creation, is us. And that's why he sent Jesus to die for us. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, let me begin there. Where the where Paul says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every petition that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What is Paul saying here? He says we have divine power in our arsenal. That we have the creator of the universe on our side and the spirit of God living in us. And he's given us spiritual weapons, not the weapons of the world. We do not fight as the world fights. But we do fight. We do engage in the battle. We do take a stand. 
And so I think we've got to begin to, to think about how we can be proactive. How we can get involved and, and get on the front lines and begin to see God make change. Racism is a stronghold. It's a fortress that needs to be demolished. And God is saying to us that the weapons you have have divine power to demolish strongholds. What a great promise. And in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul encourages us to put on the spiritual armor to fight the good fight. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, he says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Paul says, look, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. And he says you need to do this so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And I believe racism is a scheme of the devil. It is a weapon of Satan. A weapon that he uses to divide, to create mistrust, to create chaos, to get people to believe that there's no good in other human beings. And he even tries to infiltrate the church because he wants us to think that our brothers and sisters, whoever they may be, that you don't get it, that you don't feel my pain, that you don't love me, that you don't care about me. That's where he tries to take us. He wants us to believe that people who've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus do not have a heart for others and love for others. I'm here to tell you, he is the father of lies, and we've got to be aware of his schemes, and we've got to come together as a church and fight together and hold up each other's arms and not listen to what, what Satan is telling us his lies, and take up our spiritual armor, put it on, and begin to march forward to God's glory. You know, I don't have time to focus on all the spiritual armor, but there's, there's one aspect of it that I want to talk about today. In Ephesians 6 and verse 18, Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador and change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. As, as strong as Paul was in the Lord, he said, I want you to pray for me because Paul understood the power of prayer. But he tells us as God's people, as God's church, he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That is a spiritual weapon that God's given us. And I'm telling you, it's time we took it up and began to use it to take on the sin, to take on the, the, the injustices of the world and to cry out to our almighty God and ask him to give us wisdom and power and strength and direction. So that we can begin to make a difference. Now I can imagine some people 
in, in their, their cynicism saying, hey, bro, is that it? I mean, I mean, we all know you should pray. If you ever downplay prayer, then you don't understand the power of prayer. You see, prayer can move God, and God can move mountains. Nothing is impossible with God. The first century church was a praying church. When Peter and James and John and the, the, the apostles were persecuted in Acts chapter 4, they went back to God's people. And what did they do? Oh, they did more than just give a report. The Bible says, if you read Acts 4, 23 through 31, in verse 31 it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Man, what a service that must have been. What, what, a, what a time of fellowship that must have been. Where they're crying out to God and, and, and they're filled with the Spirit and they're emboldened to do something great for God. The message version says, while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. And I'm telling you, it's time we began to shake things up. But we shake things up by falling before the throne of God. And petitioning him and asking him to fill us with his spirit. So we'll know what to say and how to say it and what to do. And when to do it. So we can give honor to God. I believe prayer has the power to tear down the walls of hostility. Beginning in the church. That's where it's got to start. But we, we've got to see that God's given us this incredible weapon and are we using it in the ways that we should? Luke 5, 16, we, we see that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. That's what the Bible says. Why? Because I believe our Lord understood that to make it through the temptation, to make it through the challenges that he, that he faced each day, that he needed power from on high in order to fulfill the will of his father. If Jesus needed this, we definitely need this. We're commanded, brothers and sisters, to pray for one another. In James 5, verse 16, James says, Therefore confess your sins and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. He says you need to pray for each other. And that the power of, of, of people who are righteous, that when righteous men and women go before God, it has power. It has power to move the Lord. It has power to change things. Paul and Silas, when they were in prison in Acts 16, they were incarcerated. What did they do? They began to sing and pray. And in Acts 16, verse 25, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. They shook the place up through prayer. And through prayer, I believe we can break the chains of racism and social injustice. We can cry out to our almighty God and ask him to, to, to open doors that are shut and to close the doors that, that are open to racism. We can cry out to him. The situation is bigger than us. It's greater than us, but it's not bigger than our God. 
And I want us, I want us to begin to call on God. God, shake this thing up. Open the doors for healing. Shake this nation. God even asked us to pray for our leaders. Why? Because prayer makes a difference. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, Paul says, I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God says, I want you to pray for your leaders. Let's pray for our leaders. Let's pray that they will become courageous and use their power and their position and their influence to deal with the injustices in our world. Let's pray for them to be men and women of integrity and honesty. Let's pray for them to have wisdom and discernment and to create laws that will help rescue the oppressed. Let's pray for them. Let's ask God to move through them. You know, I've been thinking about this. And, you know, a brother sent me an email, a white brother, telling me of, of, of just how troubling things have been for him during this time. Because his son works as a police officer. And he's been trying to to figure out how to reconcile all this stuff in his heart. And, and he was having doubts about uh, the church and church leadership. And, and so he sent me the email and he was thanking me for a class I taught. And, and so I just called him up and said, bro, I'm not here to talk. I just want you and, and me to pray for peace in our nation and pray for God to work through our church. We had a great time in prayer. Other people who uh, know me well or close to me have asked me, well, bro, have any of your white friends, any of your white uh, brothers in Christ, have they called to ask how you're doing? And, and you know how Satan works. It's like he, you, you start thinking and go, well, I don't know, did they have they? And yet I'm reminded of what we read earlier where we're told to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so... I said, you know what? I haven't gotten many calls in that regard, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call them. And so I, I, I picked up the phone and I called a brother who's a lead evangelist in, in one of our churches. And I said, bro, I'm calling the white brother. I said, I just want you and I to pray for our nation. And we had a great prayer time. Then I called another brother who's an influential leader and a white brother. And we began to pray and he began to weep and cry. As he poured out his heart, hurting over the condition of our world, but wanting our church to, to first appreciate what God's given us, but to, to, to see that, yes, it, there is darkness there, but praise God we're in Christ. And, and so we had a great time of, of connecting. And so I've decided I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and just ask, why isn't this person doing that? Or why hasn't so-and-so called me? Or why hasn't this happened? I'm going to step forward and make a difference myself. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. 
I'm going to challenge you, black or white, immigrant, non-immigrant. If, you, if you're feeling something towards somebody or you feel like I'm not sure they get it, instead of just letting that thought just fester in your heart, pray for that person. Better yet, pray with them. Just have a prayer. And let me tell you, if you want to know something about where people are and where their hearts are, listen to them pray before God. I believe it is powerful. I believe it is uniting. I believe it is what God wants us to do. And yes, I'm not opposed to us talking and listening to one another, but I'm here to tell you, people can only carry so many of your burdens. They've got their own. And yes, we do need to carry one another's burdens, but we can't carry all of, of one another's burdens. That's why Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And we can do that together. We can cast all of our worries, all of our anxieties, all of our struggles, all of our doubts, all of our concerns together, you know, as, as disciples of Jesus before the throne of God. In Philippians 4, verse 6, we're told, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God. He says, I, I, I want to leave out that with thanksgiving. He says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what we need to do. We need to do it. One-on-one, -on -one. we need to do it as groups. You know, I'm, I'm reaching out to neighbors, and I want to ask them, what can I pray for for you? And will you join me in praying for our nation? you got to understand, even though it's common to us to pray one-on-one, -on -one, there are people in this world who've never prayed one-on-one -on -one with another person. And for us to reach out and initiate that, that, that is... That is being like Jesus. That is being proactive. And that is probably touching hearts in ways that we never thought we could. Let's use the spiritual weapons God has given us. Let's pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of, of prayers and requests. Let's, let's not listen to the devil's lies. Let's take it to the Lord before his throne. Let's pray with each other and for each other. And I want, to, I want to leave you with this final scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where the Lord says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let's ask God. Almighty God, the creator of all things, the sovereign Lord, to heal our land. As we commune together, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's look to God. Let's die to ourselves. And let's allow the Spirit of God to move us to be people who make change. As we remember Jesus' body that was sacrificed and his blood that was shed. Let's, let's remember that he did that so we could become new creations. Let's pray together. Our God and Father in heaven, as we commune together, we pray you would bring us together. We thank you, Jesus, that you surrendered all 
that you suffered for us and that you set the example for us of what it means to empty yourself for the for the good of others. Thank you for your body that you sacrificed and thank you for your blood that you shed that we could have a new life. God, we, we love you. We, we praise you. We thank you that you are the answer. Be with us. And we, we just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.